on 92.7 WMAY. This forum is sponsored by the Illinois Times, Springfield Business Journal, the Greater Springfield Chamber of Commerce, and 92.7 WMAY and Midwest Family Broadcasting. Once Welcome again, back to the Bernie Mayoral Forum. I'm Bernie Schoenberg. We have Treasurer Misty Busher and Mayor Jim Langfelder running for mayor. And uh, I did get some audience questions, so thank you. And um, a combination of mine and theirs will take up the rest of the time. So the next question uh, starts with Mayor Langfelder. Uh, and this is kind of a combination of something I've uh, had, but also w- one of the outside questions. Gambling machines have become prevalent in Springfield bars and restaurants. Is this a good thing? And should the city seek to have a land, ba- a land casino built here? Uh, with regards to uh, video gaming and specifically, nobody saw the proliferation, uh, you know, but it brings in great revenues to rebuild our roads, moving that direction uh, with a casino. What we need is a casino license and allow the city council to make the determination whether or not a casino is the right fix. So when we had the difficult discussion about the Wyndham, that's why I brought the proposal to the table, is to have options. And so what we want is the legislature to give the capital city the right to have a casino if they so choose and be the city council. But people, uh, some uh, history here, uh, it's my understanding that we'd have to have a referendum first. But most importantly, we want to make sure that we have the ability to have a licensed casino if it deems necessary for the city of Springfield. But it could be a viable asset to to have, especially when you're dealing with the Wyndham Hotel. It's a 400-unit hotel. It's zoned right now, so everybody understands, for 200 apartments, 200 hotel rooms. But they cannot get financing. We were just on a call with the SSGA, the uh, developer, trying to get financing on the hotel side. And that's the challenge, and we'll be talking to community banks uh, about this particular situation to see if we can get the financing. But I believe a casino, at least we have that option to give us flexibility to prove if we want to exercise it and make sense, we'll do it. Treasurer Busher. As far as the uh, gaming facilities we have now, we need to honor the licenses we've issued. People are paying their bills off of owning and operating those, so we need to honor that. As far as the casino goes, in 2019, our Governor Pritzker He allowed six municipalities, six cities, the license to have a casino. Those cities lobbied for years to our legislators and our governor to get those licenses. To my knowledge, Springfield has not started lobbying yet for that. It takes time. I do not think a casino belongs downtown at all. Two of the cities that got those casino licenses, Aurora and Joliet, originally thought they were putting the casinos downtown and have moved them to the outskirts of town. It's not where the casino belongs. So we need to have a healthy, proactive discussion with our citizens to see if our citizens support a casino. I can honestly tell you, just knocking on doors, talking to people in my campaign, it's about 50-50 right now. Half of our citizens like it, half do not. As a mayor, what you want doesn't matter. You represent the citizens of your community, and you represent the employees at the city. Those are the two interests you take to heart, not your own personal interest. So I would have a healthy, proactive discussion with our community. If it's what the community supports, then we have to lobby for that. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, next question. Uh, it's one from an audience member and 
goes to Treasurer Busher first. And this has been discussed for some years, putting um, uh, garbage fees on CWLP bills. Would mm -hmm. you support that idea? So I think this is an inner city, older neighborhood situation because I'm very active with that group and support them. Um, I live in a subdivision out north, Twin Lakes, and we have our garbage on our homeowners association bill. It's not a private contract like you all might have with your home. And so what that means is every Friday, everyone that lives where I live has their cans and their recycle bins out. And the garbage hauler comes through our subdivision once. Some of you live in areas where you have garbage haulers every single day in your area. And you see garbage cans every day when you drive to work and you drive home. I do not know that feeling. I've lived in my home for over 30 years. So I do feel that we have to look at when the garbage haulers come to specific areas, it needs to be quadrants. And if there is a problem then with having people in their homes have garbage pickup, then we should look at our options if it needs to go on the bill because you live in a different world than I live in because I don't see that every day like you do. My life seems pretty cool only on Friday. We all have our cans out and they go up when you get home from work at night. A lot of you in this audience don't have that luxury. Mayor Langfelder. Yeah, right now if uh, someone doesn't have service and uh, we have to sign them up for service. That's the option we have is put it on our bill or put it on their bill for the utility. So it's a private sector issue, and that's what their pushback is from the private sector side is uh, proprietary uh, customers, things of that nature. But I'm in favor of putting it on a bill. I think people are used to convenience, things of that nature. But going back to the casino, I think uh, I had a lengthy discussion with the video gaming or restaurants or bars over at Motorheads. And this issue, of course, we discuss at length. But what I said is the casino I envision is table games, not the video games and things of that nature. Uh, we're talking about garbage fees? No, I already answered yeah. that question. I'd said I'm in favor of putting it on the okay, bills okay, if, it, okay. if we can work it out with the private sector. But I want to clarify the casino because okay, somebody, okay. I think people envision this large-scale uh, casino with video gaming. You have to protect the restaurants and the bar owners. And what I proposed was table games, and you can restrict it through the legislature. And so that's what you should be doing because that's the part that's going by the wayside. And that would add, I think you have an ad benefit if it's the right location, if the desire's there. Like I said, you'd have to have a referendum and move forward in that direction. But we should at least have the option to uh, exercise if we so choose. Okay. Uh, to the mayor, another audience question. Uh, what are your views or thoughts about Capital Township being combined with the city of Springfield? <laughs> well, I think everybody knows I'm for it because uh, Capital Township is the city of Springfield. And the reason I know that is when I used to play softball at Robin Roberts Stadium, Jamie Toole of the Horseshoes is here. We appreciate his investment in Springfield. When you signed up under Springfield Recreation Department, you had to put what <clears throat> township you're in as always capital. So our tax dollars are going to Capital Township. We annexed all the properties around the lake. <clears throat> and what was supposed to happen is they were supposed to come into Capital Township but now they were retained by Woodside Township because of a loop in the legislature and the uh, law. And so the voters could retain them, which they did, so they're paying higher property taxes out of, at the lake with regards to Woodside. So the issue on the ballot today 
uh, or will be on April 4th, we encourage you to vote yes for that consolidation because it closes that loophole. It provides uh, tax relief to our property taxpayers. And with Capital Township, we provide the services associated with uh, utility assistance, and uh, we'd uh, be able to save dollars and move forward in a better way by eliminating a taxing body. Treasurer Busher on Capital Township and the city of Springfield and their combination or not. So the mayor brought this issue up several years ago, quite frankly. So it's been, what, three years, Mayor, I think, Mm -hmm. before when you brought it up. It was pre-COVID. And when I heard his idea about this, I am a person who asks lots of questions, explores, and finds out the details. So I went and got my tax assessor's license. I'm a certified tax professional. I can assess your property if I so wanted to. I'm certified. But through that knowledge, spending my own dollars, not the city's dollars, to get that assessment, my husband and I invested in that for for me to know for you, the taxpayer, what's going on. We at the city do not have the software to assess all the properties in, in the city. The county has that software right now. The county is your assessor. How are we going to pay for that? How are we going to pay for the software? How are we going to pay for the people that go out and do the assessments? Because one person cannot do all of Capital Township. Capital Township offers housing initiatives, counseling, help with utility bills. That would be a whole new thing we're going to take on. So has anyone shown the figures and the calculations of all the expenses to run that versus what you're going to take in in additional revenue? Because I don't want extra costs for my taxpayers. Uh, just to follow up on that, uh, as we have combined city services with county services or, or the park district in the past, there's usually a transfer of some employees and perhaps equipment, like when the parks came over from the city to the park district. So wouldn't you expect there to be a natural flow of some employees at the township? Instead of working at the county, they'd work with the city? I think that's something we would have to talk to the Capital Township Board about. I don't think we can assume anything. Okay. Uh, Next question. Uh, And your moderator is going to express a pet peeve through this one. Uh Uh-oh. So it starts with (laughs) Treasurer uh, Busher. I'm probably not the only person who has noticed that many drivers in Springfield blow through red lights. (laughs) Should the city push to allow red light cameras that can lead to tickets? If not, do you have a strategy to attack this problem? So... Funny that you say that because I say Springfield is the red light running capital of the world is what I say because I've almost gotten hit three separate times. Um, The clerk and I are not allowed parking spaces where the rest of the city parks. We have to park in the Wyndham garage. So I cross the street to and from to get to work. And I've almost gotten hit at least three times. Two of the people I knew that almost hit me, one of them called and apologized. (laughs) (laughs) But that stoplight gets blown. Um, so I would be in favor of red light cameras. A, it takes some of the work off of our working men and women at the Springfield Police Department who are already under a lot of stress and a lot of extra duties, and they're understaffed. But I think that our state has a rule about red light cameras. I think that legislation would have to be passed to allow, so you'd that. have to yeah. push to We'd allow be in trouble, yeah. So does that mean you would push the state legislature to move on it? Um, I'm not opposed to talking to the state legislator about it. Mayor Langfelder. Yeah, first on closure on the uh, Capital Township issue, the, the voters voted, I think it was 90% to consolidate with the ta- uh, county, but they haven't consolidated. So 
that's that. Uh, so we would work with the county to make sure it's done effectively. Uh, with regards to red light cameras, it has to be approved by the legislature. Uh, would we support it? Sure, if it's a law. But uh, really what we get complaints about, especially the city council members, so I'm sure it's coming from the general public, is speeding. So in this year's budget, we've allocated $200,000 for digital uh, data collecting uh, speed limit signs. If you want to see one, you can go on 11th Street or Leland Grove. I think they have one across from their uh, city hall there. And it's digital. It'll collect the information. So what we would do is allow council members to put up, I think we have four per ward. They put it up in streets that they think that speeders are happening. We'd be able to collect that information. Then they're mobile. You can move them elsewhere. Then you can deploy police if it's chosen that that is a speed area to uh, make sure you're doing proper enforcement. So you're using data to really deploy the assets that you have within your community to keep our community safe and neighborhoods safe. Thank you. Uh, this next question goes to the mayor first. Um, and I know that there are some things in the works looking at this, but should on-street parking remain free downtown forever, or do you want to use parking meters? And if so, what kind of meters? Well, there's, uh, we get to the point with meters, it has to be convenient. You know, so they have to accept credit cards. They have GPS readers so you understand what uh, is available for mapping because one of the myths downtown, there's no parking. Well, just come downtown and you look around. Uh, there's parking available, but I think people don't have that understanding. So we need to do a better job keeping our surface lots and activating those. But with regards to meters, will they come back? They'll come back when the need is for our retailers because parking enforcement is to move traffic downtown. It's for our retailers and restaurants. So they have customers that can park and, uh, you know, uh, support their, uh, their businesses. So uh, with the state of Illinois being out or largely remote, that, hasn't, uh, that need hasn't arisen. So we'll continue to assess the situation. But we do have a downtown plan, uh, again, with the medical community, thanks to uh, DSI that's shepherding that and other investors, city and uh, I think uh, Land of Lincoln Community Foundation. But one of the plans is how does infrastructure integrate between downtown and the medical community, uh, traffic patterns, so that will be part of that discussion and working together to make sure we have a viable solution. But nothing's going to take place until we actually have that need uh, to start moving the traffic again. Okay, so it's a little up in the... Up, okay. Right, we're okay. assessing it, uh, okay. so... Uh, Treasurer Busher, on meters or not? Yes, sir. Uh, this is a public debate the mayor and I had many years ago. Pre-COVID, the administration was going to spend over a million dollars buying new parking meters, and I did not see where that was beneficial to spend that kind of money on parking meters. Thank God we did not, because then we had the pandemic, and the pandemic has changed how our workforce works from now till forever. People want hybrid work environments. People want to work from home. You are going to have state workers who will work from home from now on. I have a neighbor that works at Illinois State Police. She hasn't been to work since the pandemic. She's allowed to work from home now. So your downtown dynamic has changed because the types of workers that are downtown are less. If it were up to me, I would look at the parking zones, and what a zone is is if it says it's two hours, three hours, four hours, however long you can be there, make sure the zones are appropriate for the businesses that are there at this time. I would take out the meters. I would not buy new meters. It would be free to park on the street, but I would increase the price of the parking ticket. We have people who work downtown who abuse the free parking that's down there because it's cheaper to try and 
roll the dice and see if they only get one or two parking tickets at 10, 20 bucks. One's $10, the second one is $10, 20 bucks. Costs at least $30 to have a parking space downtown for the month. So it's cheaper for them to get the tickets. If you make the ticket hurt, the people who work downtown will not take those spaces and they'll be available for the people coming to visit. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll move on to another issue, uh, and this goes to Treasurer Busher first. Uh, how do you view the current status of race relations in Springfield, and how will you work with groups including the NAACP, ACLU, Faith Coalition, and Black Lives Matter Springfield? So I have been a monthly donor of Faith Coalition for the Common Good for over eight years. I've been a constant supporter of Faith Coalition. Um, I will work tirelessly for our race relations. Our minority hiring at the city of Springfield is dismal. We have 1,300 employees, and of those 1,300 employees, 15.8% are minorities. That's all minorities. That's not a good figure. In the treasurer's office, when I took office, our minority hiring was under 10%. It is at 30% with me as your treasurer, and it's going to be, after February 6th, 37% because I have a new employee coming in. When we have job openings coming available, we need to work with our minority community to bring those numbers up and get applications in to get the jobs filled. That's what I've done in the treasurer's office. Mayor. Thank you. Uh, you know, with the minority community, especially uh, uh, black African-American uh, community, we've worked very hard. I used to do community reinvestment in banking. That's where they send an individual in to areas uh, that needed help and develop bank programs. So I was the one that they sent in to develop those types of programs, build the level of trust. And how we gained it uh, in you know, transferring it to the mayor's office is through our community engagement. Uh, you know, with our police department specifically, that's why we didn't have the civil unrest that you had in Champaign, Bloomington, Peoria. We had burning out of uh, buildings and breaking and vandalism, uh, things of that nature. We didn't have that because of that community engagement. That's not something you can turn on with a light switch. That takes years and years of trust building, and that's what we've done. So we, uh, is it perfect? No. Uh, we never sit back and say, oh, we've done it all and wash our hands. You continue to move forward and see how you can make things better, just not for the, uh, uh, all uh, minority communities because you see what's happening throughout our country. You know, people are acting out with different ethnicities. That's not acceptable in Springfield, especially in Lincoln's hometown. So we uh, want to be the model city for everybody to understand that we take uh, race relations seriously and will not tolerate any type of action uh, in hate. Uh, this next one starts with the mayor, is, and it, it's about infrastructure. Is the city on the right track on infrastructure, including upgrading old sewers and roads, uh, while also advancing new development? Uh, we're on the right track, but unless your road's done or your sewer's taken care of, it's not the right track. Uh, there's, you know, there's... Uh, 60-plus miles roads, and that's the, uh, just the uh, chip and oil roads, but it's immense, uh, the amount of uh, miles and miles of sewers and uh, uh, roads that we're doing. So I'll give uh, thanks to Mike, uh, Mike Houston, former Mayor Mike Houston. Um, actually, he put together the infrastructure plan that uh, continued, but we built on that and continue to fund uh, the program where we're putting in, I think it's over $15 million a year, and then uh, also with our ARPA funds, we're designated it towards, um, you know, sewers, things of that nature. 
so there's always uh, improvements to be made, but we're in the best fiscal condition ever. You know, we have $172 million in this year's budget that we're going to go towards long-term capital needs. That's why we're able to build three uh, modernized fire, department, or fire stations that haven't been done in 25 years and moving in that direction uh, to keep up with the growth that Springfield has had. And we're finally catching up in this year's budget, just to give you a, a point of reference. Usually it's 80% personnel. This year's budget is, uh, on personnel, it's about 55%. So that tells you the amount of capital that we're expending because of our good fiduciary management of, uh, and that's just corporate fund dollars, uh, and then uh, with a sixty million fund balance. But we do have ARPA dollars that we're dispensing as well. Thank you, uh, Treasurer Busher. Was this a note card question? Uh, this was a Bernie question. I love it, Bernie. This <laughs> is part of my platform. Thanks. Um, we didn't collude, did we? I. <laughs> Did we have coffee? I don't think I think so. we did with the unions. Um, anyway, uh, infrastructure is important to me. Infrastructure has been ignored in our community for way too long. We've been having ward meetings for eight years now, and every ward every year says, our streets have potholes, they're a mess. Our sewers have a mess, whether it's storm sewers or whether it's the sewage sewer. People want those things fixed. It's fundamental issues. When we received the first round of ARPA money in 2020, American Rescue Plan Act, sorry about that, dollars from the federal government, I sent an email to the budget director, public works director, and the mayor, and I said, I'm not a voting member of the city council, but I want to have my voice heard now. The majority of this money needs to be spent on our sewers. They are a mess all over the city. We are at, according to the budget kickoff last night, a place where we have a lot of additional revenue. And the budget director talked about how we're spending down that additional revenue this year. And I brought with me the planned use of corporate fund balance spend down. I don't see streets, I don't see sewers. So we have all this money, but we're not fixing our problems. I wouldn't do that as your mayor. For the next question, I will move on to something political, uh, to uh, Treasurer Busher first. Uh, candidates for city treasurer uh, are Deputy Treasurer Colleen Redpath-Fager, City Budget Director Bill McCarty, Park District Trustee Lisa Badger. Are you taking sides in that race, and will you endorse in contested races for city council? So clearly, uh, Colleen Redpath-Fager is my deputy treasurer. Colleen's worked at the city for 20 years. So she was there way before I was there. Um, but I'm one of those people, when I see good people in city government, I look at promoting them. If you talk to my office staff, not just Deputy Fager, some other staff is here as well, I promote my staff. I give them the promotions they deserve and need because they're hardworking people. So I saw Colleen working in a different department, and I knew she was capable of more. So I brought her on, and I thought the intention would be I would be the treasurer for eight years, and if she wanted to run, then she could. But my leadership skills took over, and I'm running for mayor. Um, so I do say that Colleen is my choice, and she will, 
I did say I would only say I would vote for myself, but I'm going to vote for yeah. Colleen. I will say and, that. And will you, are you taking sides in aldermanic races also? Um, I am close to a lot of people in the aldermanic races, um, and I'm close to some that are uncontested, which is great as well. Um, so uh, I don't know that I'm going to do public endorsements. I've never, and I'm 52, never endorsed anyone ever in my life, so I don't know why I would start now. But. Mayor Langfelder. Yeah, the... Uh, with regards to Director McCarty, uh, I don't hold people back, and I understand the uh, reason he wants to seek the office of treasurer. It, you know, he has ambitions and a direction in life that he'd like to take. Uh, selfishly, I hope uh, he remains uh, OBM director, right? Because that means I win, and he wins, and we all win. But uh, with regards to uh, you know equal opportunity with uh, uh, Lisa Badger, you know she brings her own credentials with regards to uh, serving the park district. Has been very active with. Uh, Comer Cox Park and understands the importance of working with government entities and serving the public, uh, moving that direction, as I'm sure Colleen Fager being in the office does as well. So, uh, you know, I think what I encourage everybody to do is know the candidates that are running because, uh, you know, we talked about other votes that have been taken. New question to you, Treasurer Busher. Mm-hmm. Just, I know there is some ARPA money this year, but in general, there's usually not free money coming into the city. But if $10 million dropped out of the sky to help the city, what would you use it for? (laughs) I would hire police officers so that we were fully funded so I could have 11 neighborhood police officers. I want 11 NPOs, one for each ward, one for downtown. After that, because I want public safety. After that, I would use it for sewers and streets, and I would put people to work on our sewers and streets. Um, and uh, Mayor Langf- oh, by the way, could you get that done without the 10 mi- I mean, is that something well, you're going for the anyway? The sewers and streets are way more than no, 10 I mean, million, the, the so NP- I would be tapped NPO, out after a NPOs, while. The NPOs, the NPOs. Oh, the NPOs? Na- neighborhood police officers. Yes. Uh, so that would be in your long ra- longer range plan. So if, once we're fully staffed, that is something I think we should go okay. to. We are not fully staffed, and it'll be a while to be fully staffed. Mayor Langfelder on the 10 million free money. Yeah, the reason I chuckle is uh, that was one of our ward plan meeting discussions. That was the question we threw out there. But uh, with regards to that, um, I put the preponderance of it in our Bloomberg Harvard initiative for housing redevelopment. We were a competitive in a competitive situation where they selected seven cities throughout the country to have a model project to replicate throughout our country. And they chose Springfield for our whole block redevelopment. And what that means is that we, instead of tearing down a house, we would rebuild it. We'd put people to work. So we'd partner with a, uh, like Bone Training, Calvin Pitts, and uh, he's a multi-craft core certified trainer through the unions. He went to D.C., got his own certification, and he would teach people how to do plumbing, uh, electrical, carpentry, and partner with others to have that training. You rebuild the house, and when you're done, you have an affordable house that people can buy. And then you uh, train an individual so they can get a job at the uh, union hall or whatever the case may be, or in the private sector. So you're changing lives in many different facets. But most importantly, you're rebuilding our inner core. And when we talk about doing the sewers or doing anything else, that's where you want to rebuild it because there's the larger preponderance to increase taxes because the level of housing there, it's at a subpar equal evaluation. And then you rebuild the housing at a higher level then you generate additional taxes, you generate generational wealth for individuals that live there so they own their own home, and then you're providing career workforce training. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you now an audience question first directed at you, Mayor Langfelder. 
according to this person, and I can't really disagree, most young people are unaware that this event is even taking place. Uh, as mayor, what is your plan to better involve basically young people in the civic life of the city? Well, we have a mayor's youth council, but uh, uh, with regards to activating additional individuals, it's really through Lincoln Land Community College. We are partnering with the Career Center uh, for Recruitment. Uh, what we have, especially with our first responders, there's a disconnect of individuals that are going to the Career Center for that particular field, and then they have two more years before they can test. So we are partnering with the Career Center or working on a program that's coming through the council's um, you know, uh, budget for their approval. But really with uh, activation, you'd have to use social media. Um, you know, TikTok is kind of uh, off limits, it sounds like. Uh, but really, I'd rely upon younger individuals to help promote activities, especially with this debate, Hopefully they're listening at home if they're not here. But I know my own daughter here is here, and she's a uh, she's a, a uh, ICU nurse uh, for cardiovascular at uh, HSHS. She went to school here at uh, had her degree through uh, ICU Illinois College of Chicago or Illinois Chicago University. And uh, a lot of people don't realize that, but we thank Ed Curtis for what he's realized. And having we have. Lincoln Land Community College Partnership for Nursing. We have the ICU program at Sangamon State University, or UIS now. I used to go there. And then uh, he's doing Illinois State University and HSHS St. John's. Four higher educational nursing programs right here in Springfield. Thanks to Ed Curtis and Memorial, as well as HSHS. Thank you, Mayor. Treasurer Busher on youth involvement. Uh, technology. That's why I want more tech jobs and tech industry here. Our youth love technology. I know this because people complain that kids are always in the house playing video games, that they're not outside playing ball like they used to. So if you want to get youth involved in things like this, it's technology. You advertise this through the technology that they use. Clearly, I'm campaigning, right? I have ads on Pandora, Apple Music. That's what they listen to. You have to reach the youth. They don't like what I like. I'm old to them. So you have to put yourself in their position and what is it they're into, and then that's how you get their attention and communicate with them. I'm going to do one short question before closing statements. And yes, sir. it is to Treasurer Busher. Who is your favorite entertainer and why? Oh, it can't be myself then, right? Uh, you know, if you have a mirror, I suppose. <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> this doesn't happen by not looking in a mirror. Um, <laughs> I just don't wake up like this, Bernie. <laughs> Uh, I would say my favorite entertainer would probably be John Travolta. He plays a lot of really cool roles. If you look at a lot of the roles over the years he's played, he's danced, he's sang, he's played a villain, he's been the hero, he's been an angel. If you think about it, he's played tons of different roles. So I would probably go with John Travolta. Okay. Mayor? Yeah, as far as... Uh... Theatrics, it's hard to pinpoint one person, but uh, Tom Hanks would be uh, my favorite actor role with regards to his diversity or his ability to uh, take on multiple roles uh, with regards to that. And uh, so it'd have to be Tom Hanks, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of great musicians, things of that nature. But, uh, you know, so that's an interesting question. I'll have to perfect it next time. <laughs> I have a follow-up. My favorite movie is Urban Cowboy. Okay. Well, there you go. Mine's that Remember the Titans. The <laughs> uh, okay. Um, 
because of the coin toss at the beginning, uh, Treasurer Busher uh, also gets the first closing statement for up to two minutes. Uh, Treasurer Busher, uh, your closing. I would like to thank the mayor for being here, Bernie for being here, the sponsors for putting this on, all of you listening at home and all of you that will watch later. And I would also like to thank all of you here. This is an important important election. Your municipal election is one of the most important elections you have because it's the people who directly affect your daily life that work with the police department, that work with the fire department, that work on streets, that work on sewers. So thank you for tuning in and I encourage you all to go vote on election day. I am running to be your mayor because I want to be the change I want to see. I want to see change in our community. And if I sit in the treasurer's office as I did, that change wasn't going to happen. So I said to my husband, I'm at a crossroads because I want to see change. And if I sit in that office, I can't make that change happen. And my husband said, then we're going to go run for mayor. I want to be the sales executive you need to sell this community to bring business in. I want to work with the ambassadors at the Springfield Sangam and Growth Alliance to bring business to, community, to our community. I will be a sales executive alongside them. I will take the lead for you. I will take initiative and I will make decisions. I'm going to do that for the betterment of this entire community. Growth is very exciting. People like progress. I'm running for office, for the office of mayor, to bring you to the Springfield community growth and progress. So I would appreciate your support. Thank you. And Mayor Langfelder, for your closing statement. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Treasurer Busher, the Chamber of Commerce, Memorial Health, Bernie Schoberg, and tonight's media partners, the Hoagland Center, and all of you for coming tonight. And those listening at home, we can't say enough. Thank you for making sure you share your most precious asset in your time. This election is about what's best for Springfield's future. Working together, we have successfully endured a two-year state fiscal crisis, followed by a three-year health crisis, all while creating a solid financial and economic future as we head towards a uncertain global times. With my re-election, we will ensure the completion of the 10th Street Rail Consolidation Project by 2025 continue the public safety progress with our police and fire departments, and continue to grow our economy through cooperative partnerships and provide sustainable and reliable energy and water resources for the foreseeable future. As mayor, along with the city council, we built the level of trust and transparency with the public through 54 ward plan meetings, our weekly Friday neighborhood e-newsletter, and live streaming the city council meetings. This way, we all have a better understanding of our community priorities by ward and our city as a whole. Together, we work to do what is best for Springfield. Springfield is home of our greatest president, Abraham Lincoln, and we should challenge ourselves and our community to aspire to his vision. Under a Langfelder administration, Springfield will continue to strive to be the model city, especially for race relations, economic development, city water line power, and most importantly, trust in your city government.
We will not be satisfied until our entire community is thriving together and all our neighborhoods are safe and desirable for everyone to live. I'm Mayor Jim Langfelder, and I appreciate your vote on Tuesday, April 4th at the nonpartisan city election. Thank you for being here and listening. And that wraps up our coverage of this live debate. WMAY-FM, Taylorville, Springfield. It is 7 o'clock.